So welcome to the Do More Good podcast, season three. All good things come in threes, don't they, Kenny? Of course they do. Three musketeers, little pigs, triangles, your degree. We <laughs> should probably know what we're doing by now, right? You'd think so. There are times you have to step away from that and do the bigger, scarier, crunchier, harder work because it pays off in the end. Making sure that the senior people from that organisation get involved with the partnership. It's not scary. The worst thing that can happen is that someone can go, bloody hell, that was a bit of a cock-up. Do I've had a few folk not from Scotland that have said to me, I didn't know you could do that with bagpipes. <laughs> I think the, the message is... Do more good. Yay! Here we go, James. Welcome back. Episode 26 of the Do More Good podcast. How are you doing? Kenneth. I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. Just raced down here on the bike to meet you, um, so I'm a little bit out of breath, sweating yeah. here, but um, all good. You looked a little bit warm when you walked in, I must admit. Yeah. Spring is here. Probably need to get out a little bit more, do a bit more training. Some eh? of the weekends, I know, I know. <laughs> How you been? Good week? Yeah, yeah, I've been all right. Yeah, lots going on as, as always. I always feel like I say lots going on, but I'm sure everyone's got lots going on. So, yeah, well, I, I think what's been uh, great this week is just seeing some of the feedback from the episode that we put out last week. Uh, the episode with Hillary was really well received, had some really positive feedback, and everyone seems to pick picked up on the one thing out of all of that great stuff she spoke about was your desk safari i know right and right? i'm playing it down but i love that i know it yeah. was good it yeah. was good got through the big five this week so i sat with philanthropy today i was with marketing yesterday did you bit of data last week yeah well that's yeah, why i thought good. i'd come today you know dressed like a um pantomime <laughs> donkey just to kind of fit into the theme but uh no it's been really good it's been great you know just to see that actually when we're doing this every couple of weeks and we try to do it in uh, the time between life and work etc that people appreciate it so yeah yeah thank yeah, you for all, all the good. positive feedback well let's crack on with the episode this week our, our guest started his career as a, as a major gifts fundraiser at the new york public library and then, and then since then has become a serial entrepreneur and is passionate about business with a purpose which i thought was a really nice way of framing it he founded ig advisors which are a strategy consultancy that provides philanthropy corporate impact and fundraising advice he's also the founder and chief executive of social misfits media and also his other company lightful or a tech company really working across the social good sector so he's done a lot of stuff since launching lig our guest has worked with a variety of philanthropists foundations companies charities and social enterprises and some of his clients include the bill and melinda gates foundation unicef and the old vic theater and we basically came across our guest after listening to the fantastic what donors want podcasts with the simple objective to have fresh dynamic and slightly irreverent conversation about major gifts fundraising with donors themselves, which I absolutely loved when I first listened to it a year ago. So we'd like to welcome Carlos Miranda to the DMG podcast. Thank you, guys. I feel honored. And what a, what a, I mean, you shouldn't have memorized all of that, by the way. It's straight uh, off the cuff. I know, right? It's amazing. It's really amazing. I am, I am so honored, <laughs> honestly. Honestly. You, got, you guys should see him. He's like standing up on a pedestal just talking about this. I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly humbled so thank you well thank you i think we could probably just leave the episode there I know, there we go it's done that this is the do. best episode you've done <laughs> yeah that's it yeah so carlos you know thank you for joining us um we're really pleased to have you here a fellow podcaster an advocate who's doing a lot of great things in the uh, in the social good space 
do you mind kind of talking a little bit about your, your journey and kind of major donor fundraising and kind of run us a bit through your backstory and how, how you got here today? Right. How much? How long do I got? Oh, well, Cause we could we do like the three hour epic, like well, Ben Hur version. Or like, settle in. Le- let's get settle in. Yeah. What, James, go yeah, let's go. Get let's some, go. Get, get some, some more beers. Let's get some more beers. No, um, uh, no, thanks. So basically, I fell into fundraising, like most people do. Nobody fucking grows up being like, I want to be a fundraiser. I, when I was little, I wanted to be like a film director. That's really kind of what I wanted to be. Sci-fi. And, uh, yeah, dude. And so I really fell into fundraising. So basically, when I was in uni, I ended up working for a charity um, in the summers. And once, and then during one year, I also kind of interned in their office, and I ended up kind of helping one of the fundraisers. And it turns out that I was not bad at asking somebody for money. I just, I kind of have no shame, and I think that that's, especially when it comes to kind of relationship-based, face-to-face major gift fundraising, you kind of have to be like, give us money. Yeah. Um, and I had no problem asking people for money. So anyway, I did. I worked there for a few years on and off. I came, moved to London, did a master's at LSE, moved back to New York. And couldn't find a job anywhere. So I was like young, incredibly like over, you know, like too many degrees had, and, and still couldn't find a job. I ended up falling, leveraging that fundraising experience I had. And I was hired at the New York Public Library by an amazing woman, an amazing fundraiser uh, by the name of Heather Luboff, who is now the CEO of something called the City Parks Foundation. And she runs basically um, all the public parks in New York City. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but she's amazing. And she was in charge at the time of the development office at the library. And so she was in charge of kind of the day-to-day, kind of the annual fundraising for the library, but also uh, part of the te- part of the leadership team of the library that was designing and launching a $1 billion capital campaign. So they needed to raise, they needed to hire a whole bunch of other fundraisers to come along and complement their existing team to work on, yes, annual fundraising targets, but also on this special campaign. And she was looking for some kind of, you know, some fresh blood. A lot of people in the library had been there. and Some of them were amazing, but they had been there for a long time. And so she wanted new, kind of new, young, fresh blood. And she really, I mean, I credit her with so much because she really took a chance on me. I had very little, very little direct experience. And the thing about the library, though, is that it's one of the kind of mammoth cultural institutions in New York City. So you had, you know... The MoMA, the Met, the Guggenheim, and the library. I mean, the amount of fundraising, that, that, the money that they raised in every single year was amazing. And so I like, learned the ropes from this amazing team that knew how to fundraise. And I was just a little cog in this machine. But I went in. I was part of the Major Gifts fundraising team. I was very junior. And, but I had basically a portfolio that I supported with people that were giving a minimum of $25,000 a year to the library. So major gifts was started at $25,000. Yeah. And the single biggest gift that was secured while I was there, I mean, this was done by the CEO of the library and things like that, but it was for one gift of $100 million. So, I mean, so you're wow. talking huge Whoa. amounts of money, like huge amounts of money. Yeah, yeah that the lead gift for the, before the campaign went live, the lead gift was one gift of $100 million. So it was kind of, you know... I, it was fun. That was blowing your mind, right? That, that no, that blows your mind, yeah. right? Like completely blows your mind. Yeah. And it, if I remember, I think it was given kind of quickly. It wasn't like ten million a wow. year for like ten years. I think it was like three years. And don't quote me. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. quote me on that. <laughs> but it, it, but it was something like that. It was it was like here's a like giant vault of money. Mm. But so I learned how to fundraise and how to do, you know, relationship based major gifts from I think some of the best fundraisers at in 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 New York and arguably in the U.S. and led by Heather. Mm. Um, so I did two and a half years where I just really learned 
you know how to do it and how to do it from the best. Um, it's interesting. Always, everyone has always got that person that gave them a shot and gave them ah, a chance. Totally. Yeah. totally. Whether that's halfway through their career with a big yeah. promotion or just yeah, at the very beginning, yeah. giving them a job and yeah. they've got seventy-four degrees. Yeah. Just I mean, I was like chance. twenty-three. I would not have hired me. Like, there's no way. <laughs> like, would you like, have hired yourself today? Yeah, that's the kind yeah, of thing yeah, you look I, back. I, like, nah. Heather was probably Heather was probably in her. I have no idea how old she was. Mm. Like, in, let's say in her thirties, mm. right? And I was like this like twenty-three-year-old nervous energy kid. And she totally gave me a shot, and I I credit her for for not kickstarting my career, but definitely like kicking me along. And there was no plan way. at that stage to kind of you. I mean, you you, you were looking no, I to a, get into fundraising, or you just needed a job. I needed a job, and really? the only experience I had was working at, at the Exposure Rock Climbing Gym, right. and or doing fundraising at uh, at this charity. So the yeah. rock the, the rock climbing scene wasn't so lucrative in New York <laughs> and in the noughties. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to find this other thing. And then there's just a, um, the, the correlation between you turning up and then a hundred million. Dollar donation. I mean, um, I want to say there was a direct correlation, <laughs> yeah. obviously, but yeah. uh, it was many years later. But a, a keen uh, rock climber. A keen, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but so she really took this chance on me, and mm. I and um, and I credit her, and hundred percent, she's definitely there. Are, there are several people in kind of in your career, uh, to your point, mm. that that are kind of massive pillars, especially when you look back on you, and you kind of you tell your the story about yourself to mm. other people. There's definitely these kind of key characters. Yeah. And Heather, from a career perspective, is 100%. She's like the Gandalf in, in, in the epic. You what know? The, what's the things that you remember yeah. today working for Heather? Like what were those two years, which were obviously pivotal and the, the yeah. foundation of what your career has now gone on to, to become and, you know, founding yeah. several businesses and but still being in that that philanthropic space. What, what, what are some of the things can you remember? I mean, I think she, she, I was, I think I am still, into some degree, like, very emotional. Mm. And I think she really taught me how not to take things personal. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of other people within the library system that had been there for a long time. There was one guy in particular, I, like, I fucked up something, and there was no paper trail. And I remember this guy named Bob, who's worked there, who worked at the library forever, oh, said to Bob. me, always cover your ass and always do these, these the, the kinds of things that I was doing by email. And yeah. so to the team, I always say, CYA which is whenever we're dealing with, a, with a, a difficult client, and it's just don't do it over the phone. Always do it by email. Be extremely clear and always have a paper trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so CYA, cover your ass always. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that they were, they were like key lessons mm-hmm. that were, you know, th- yes, there were key lessons about the logistics of fundraising and like how you do good, effective major gifts fundraising. Because, you know, obviously fundraising, it isn't just about the ask. There's identification and the cultivation, cultivation of the prospect yeah. and the solicitation and the acknowledgement and the stewardship and mm. you know and so I learned the logistics of that how to do all of that well from mm. Heather and other people there mm. but but yeah I think that they were kind of very key lessons and I think she also taught me not to take things particularly personal like I would go to her whenever I had a, like interpersonal problem with um, I had I she wasn't my direct line manager I had a line manager and my line manager and I were like oil and water and I don't know which one I was, but I was whatever which one is better. That was me, <laughs> and uh, and we just I just didn't get along great with her and Heather. But I really looked up to Heather, and Heather was always there to kind of. You know, um, look, as you're talking about it, there, I can kind of think that's a great skill for a fundraiser. Like being emotional, as you said. Yeah. Like you need to kind of connect with people on an emotional level. We all know that if you're making an ask and you can connect with someone emotions, then you yeah. know you're more likely to get it. But then also having the ability to not be too sucked in yourself to that emotion to be able to convey it to whoever you're fundraising from but then also being able to 
pull yourself away from it and say, well, I've kind of used that to do the do you're the you're job. You're not necessarily responsible for curing that disease on your own. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can go home at the weekend exactly. and then relax. Exactly. So, what? How did you get? To, how did you get to, to to London then? This. So my wife and I, we met here. We're right. Both originally from Miami, uh-huh. but we were introduced by our grandmothers on a blind date. So that's a topic for another <laughs> podcast. And your grandmothers were on a blind um, date. <laughs> yeah, no, my, no, no. The, 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 the do more. The do yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandmother, my, especially my, my grandmother and her, and her grandmother have been friends for like 60 something years. Wow. And I had always been told of, oh, Maria's granddaughter. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, Maria's granddaughter. And then we just so happened. Forget the sci-fi movies. This is a rom-com. This is great. This is like like a 13-episode Netflix (laughs) telenovela. What are you talking about? This is not not a two-hour movie. But our grandparents have been friends forever and ever and ever. And they both emigrated from Cuba. So I'm half Cuban. She's half Cuban. So both of our Cuban families emigrated more or less from Cuba to Miami around the same time. And we, so, and we're the same age. So I always kind of grew up knowing about Maria's granddaughter, but I never, who the fuck pays attention to their grandmother? (laughs) We both graduated from, we didn't go to the same uni, but we both graduated from uni at the same time. And it just so happened that we were both doing a master's at the London School of Economics at exactly the same time. So to my grandmother, that was like Jesus himself, like coming down. Mandating that we get together. So the the pressure. I don't want to divert too too yeah. much onto this first date. <laughs> yeah. But if your grandmothers are friends, there is pressure on that first date for you both. Oh to yeah, be, totally. To be as good as. Totally. And know, it what? went terribly, by the way. <laughs> Welcome to the Do More Love <laughs> podcast <laughs> episode. Exactly. One. Exactly. <laughs> but well, you asked. Yeah. Not, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I did not volunteer any of this information. I want to know more okay. about this. Yeah. Um, and then, so anyway, so we 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 met and it didn't go great. It was not like love at first sight or anything. But then <laughs> afterwards, uh, mostly on her perspective, by the way, she, if she was sitting here, she would be telling a far more entertaining story. <laughs> so we kind of eventually got together and it, it became very serious very quickly. And I wanted, to, I had every intention of moving back to New York. Mm. She had never lived in New York, and after uni, a lot of her friends went from Boston to New York. So I convinced her. So she came. She, her ambition was like, I'm going to move to London and I'm going to live in London forever and I'm going to marry like a nice British boy and that's going to be my life forever. Mm. And she basically like marries like, I mean, at one point we were like, we're not related, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not a thing, right? <laughs> so I convinced her to move back to New York mm-hmm. thinking that I'm going to move, move back to New York, live in New York forever. I'd, I went to uni in New York. So, and Alicia was like, well, I'll give you three years. If in three years I still want to move back to London, we will. Mm. And two years and eight months later, we were back, back. in London. And so we just moved back. She just wanted to live in London. Wow. And so, and I moved back. I, you know, same story. Didn't have a job. Yeah. No job. But I had this like two and a half years of very kind of intense major gift fundraising. Mm. Where again, you know, I don't want to overstate like my role at the library, to be <clears> honest. And, and like it, I was a junior major gift fundraiser. Yeah. But I had learned how to do fundraising, you know, from, from the best. Mm. So I came in and uh, moved to London. <clears throat> I registered with a bunch of kind of headhunters and things like that. People like Prospectus. And, mm. and I was getting job interviews, no mm. problem. And they were all basically, there were two types of jobs that I was being like always getting interviews for either the head fundraiser at a tiny, 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 tiny charity yeah. or like the number two, number three in the fundraising department at a medium to large organization. And to be honest, I, I don't even remember, n- none of them, I couldn't remember the name of the organization. None of them inspired me. None of them, like it, this was 2008, 2009. Right. 
And I wasn't, no, it would have been 2008. I wasn't like excited by it. So through a contact of a contact of my wife's, I ended up getting a job at a, at a small management consultancy doing major gift fundraising consultancy. So they work with a lot uh, okay. of kind of large charities, uh, mostly edu- in the education space. And so I got a job with them. Um, and I spent a year and a half kind of learning how to adapt what I had learned to consulting. Mm. But then also um, they had asked me to do a lot of business development for them. Mm. And so I ended up, you know, it was, it, it was lucrative for them and there was some great kind of return. But I ended up being able to build a network here in London. And I was not like, honestly, I, I built an amazing network just pe- offering people coffees. Like I would offer, I would cold emails to like 20 people every week and like five or six of them would say yes. Yeah. And then I'd go on, you know, so I had coffees, basically one or two coffees every single day for a year and a half. And I just built a black book. And is that different to what you were doing in the States? Were there subtle changes, massive changes in in how things work or? Um, That's a really good question. I mean, the the mechanics of major gift fundraising are the same Mm. across time and space. I'm Mm. 100% like convinced of that. But there are cultural nuances, right? Like you can't you can't be as direct with an American donor who's a longstanding philanthropist who maybe comes from a family where his parents or her parents and their grandparents have been philanthropists. They know the score. Mm. You know, I always tell I'm not going to say the name of the donor, but there was this, there was this little amazing old lady at the library that had been a major gift donor forever and ever and ever, and we were approaching a particular anniversary of a specific gift of an endowment, of a small endowment that she had. And so we wanted to, to her to top up the endowment. And I literally showed up to lunch with this woman. And I knew her from events and things like that. And it's like at a private club in the upper, like in the Upper East Side. Show up five minutes early, but she's already there. And she gets up, comes over to me, gives me like, you know, a hug and a kiss. And she goes, she hadn't said hello. She literally says to me, tell me how much money you want and for what so we can enjoy our lunch. Really? Perfect. So I was like, <laughs> we want $50,000 to do this, this, and this. And she's like, great, I'll call my accountant. We'll figure it all out really quick. And then she did not, we didn't talk about that, uh, about fundraising or the library at all during lunch. She wanted to talk, it was, I was leaving the library and I was getting married. Mm. And so she, oh God, she, she wanted didn't to want to talk about Oh, she, she wanted to talk about the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You were taken. You were already taken. I was already taken. But, I, but I, I'm, I hope that this gives a lot of hope to a lot of the grandmothers out there. It can, it can work, ladies. It can work. Um... <laughs> So you'd been through this, and you come yeah. to London. You'd been you'd, you'd you'd spent a couple of a year and a bit, kind of black booking it, making yeah. a, ne- a, a, a good network yeah. of people f- around. Firmly addicted to coffee. Yeah, okay. firmly addicted to <laughs> coffee. Yeah. This is where the other obsession. He was watching Star Trek in the evening. Yeah, and drink coffee. Cultivating his wife. Was she your wife at this point, or was she? Yeah, yeah we got married. Oh, we got married, married, uh, married. married like three years into uh, our relationship. Okay. So then, which yeah. was the so IG Advisors was the first kind of business? No, so they, so one? so what happened? Yes, but there was a little bit of a so it was three years before I started IG. So right. I did a year and a half at this one consultancy. Then I went to work at another consultancy that was a startup. Yeah, and I was the junior kind of like, kind of like the junior, junior partner consult- there, yeah. and then did that for a year and a half, and it went really well. It wasn't mm. um, nothing bad happened. It wasn't like mm. anything, anything particularly dramatic. But after a year and a half there, I kind of thought maybe it's time for me to move on, mm. um, and I decided to start my own firm to be honest it was my my grandfather who said to me i was kind of going back and forth and i was like do i start my own thing do i not and he was like what's the worst thing that happens you start it and it fails then you get another job like Mm -hmm. it was like so i was like 
oh, yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. But the funny thing about that, so I decided to start IG Advisors uh-huh. eight years ago, and some like eight and a half years ago, almost. And a week after I decided I had started IG, we found out my wife was pregnant with twins. twins. So uh-huh. I always, one of those like sliding door moments, had I known a month before, would I have quit? Like, because yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. you know, I was, I was not, not enjoying my job. I mm-hmm. was like, I liked um, the people I worked with, you know, there was nothing bad about it. And, and we were building something tangible and, and, and worthwhile and valuable. And so I always wonder, it was one of those things is like, would I have done it? I'd like to say yes, but you never know. You, know, right? you never know. And so what was, the, what was it that you took from your role working as a consultancy? And obviously that gave you, I'm sure, a lot of, again, as you say, the kind of network. But into IG Advisors, when you set it up, what was the mission? It's interesting. I've, of all the businesses, IG has not changed at all from the really? beginning. Like not even like its core mission. Because there's no has tech changed. involved, right? It's yeah, just, there's no, it's, it's, just it's, exactly, a it's a service. It's a, yeah. it's a pure service. So it's never changed. And mm-hmm. the idea was I wanted to start a management consultancy mm-hmm. exclusively working in the social and environmental good space, right? But I wanted to do three things. I wanted to provide philanthropy advice and mm-hmm. work with individuals, couples, families, foundations on all elements of their philanthropy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to work with companies, kind of small, medium, and large, on mm-hmm. all elements of CSR, corporate you know, philanthropy, uh, community investment, corporate foundations. And I wanted to be able to continue to provide fundraising and management consultancy type services for charities. Right. Never fundraise on anyone's behalf, right? But it was like really how do you help an organization design and build always relationship major gift strategies, never mass market. That's not my skill set. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then and help them develop a strategy and then support them to develop and kind of gain the in-house capacity and expertise to be able to deliver against the strategy themselves. So IG, that's been, and I want it to be cause area agnostic, so I didn't want to focus on any one type of, like I didn't want to just do global health or education, arts and culture. Um, So it's cause area agnostic. And so that's actually, that what I've just said is true as today as it was the day IG started. What's the split between those kind of three sections of the the business? So the first year we did no corporate work. Right. And I think we had one one donor. Mm. And now it ebbs and flows. Does it? Um, I mean, you know, the, you know, the company um, has grown tremendously. Mm. I'm now much more of, um, I'm still heavily involved. I do a lot of business development for the company. I yeah. do a lot of kind of high-level stakeholder management. Mm. Um, I, I lead on a lot of, um, either lead or support on a lot of kind of marketing business development efforts, whether it's our events, our podcast. Um, mm. I mean, our podcast, I should say, the idea and is, is our producer. Her name is Rachel. Great podcast, she, by the way. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely we'll come to back that to that. One. 100%. Yeah. But that's all Rachel, right? Yeah. But the like, you know, in terms of like who the who, the, who do we want to contact and who do we want to interview? So so mm. I get involved in those elements of it, right? And Alicia, my wife, who's very much in the same space, mm. is a, is actually the CEO of IG. Right. So she used to be when we moved here. She used to be the head of community investment at Standard Chartered Bank for many years, okay. and then she ran the flagship initiative of the Thomson Reuters Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um. So she was in house kind of CSR for many years. So going back to your question, before she joined IG and now she's the CEO. So going back to your question, it ebbs and flows. Some right. years it's like 50% fundraising and then 25, 25. Mm. Some other years is 40, 40, 20. So it, it really kind of depends on the kind of business development that we're doing. So what's the, what's the, what's the part of that business that, gets, that really kind of lights your fire when you kind of go in the office in the morning and someone comes up and says, Carlos, we've got this, bit, this, this problem that we want you to solve. Which bit of the, the whole major oh, that's giving spectrum? Two, that's not the part that even, like, like so like, 
what I like is is the business development element. Right. Of it. Like so, you like the coffees? The, I like the coffees. Yeah, 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 I like. I am. I am. I love the coffees. Yeah. I'm not a bad consultant, and I enjoy working with clients. And I and it's and it's greatly. I mean, any any consultant will tell you. You know, when you help a client solve a problem and yep. you see the impact, because ultimately we are in the social impact space, right? So, are we? Even though we are two degrees of separation from the impact, from the work, from the beneficiaries. Mm. It's incredibly gratifying when you can help an organization raise more money and, you know, and and and, and do more good, to put mm. it bluntly, yes, right? There look we at go. that. Look Stick at that. that one quote. Let's mean, get a fist I, pump I, on exactly, that one. Exactly. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see if we can say it three or four times. <laughs> New drinking game, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Like, every time <laughs> one of us says it. You need to do more bingo, don't yeah, we? Exactly. <laughs> you take a shot. You take <laughs> a shot. So, yeah. So, it was. It, 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 it's incredibly gratifying. Mm. But the part that I love... Mm is the setting up of a business, the business development element of it, mm. the kind of the growing element of it. Our, like my colleagues are infinitely better consultants than I will ever be. That's not a joke. And I yeah, am not yeah, yeah. a self-deprecating human being in any way, shape, or form. That's just <laughs> fact. Like everyone on that team is a better consultant than me. Kind of the value that I bring to the table, on the, particularly on the IG front, is the fact that I really enjoy building a business and business development. So I will go, I mean, I routinely have, and now it's different because I split my time between three companies. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was going to say clearly because there are another two that, yeah. that you've, you've but not mentioned. I would, but I, I'll routinely have, and this is crazy but to some people, but I routinely have 20 coffees and or meals business development a week, like easily. Yeah. That's not like, Easily, that's that's what I spend all my time doing. Wow! And sometimes it's repeat clients, sometimes it's yeah, partner, yeah, yeah. sometimes you know they're dead ends; they'll never go anywhere. But it's really just about like <clears throat> you know like feeding the beast, basically. Because, and I guess I'm interested in what what you you know again going back to your kind of start of your story. Yeah. Obviously, people would probably have already realized that you're American. By what? Back, I know. Yeah. Could you believe it? Know. Know. Away. I'm <laughs> Canadian. All right. All right. <laughs> but that's was, not true. What I'm not Canadian. Do you think there was part of that background that when you came over here, it gave you a head start in terms of getting IG advisors off the ground because of your because yeah, of that, that yeah. being in the middle of New York and the way that you did it over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. The, I mean, I, I think that now the UK major gift fundraising team, the scene has come a massive, massive, massive way. Okay. And there's still, I think, some ways where Americans are, you know, kind of major gift philanthropy, the culture of it has, is, is, is a little bit more mature in some yeah. respects. No, that would be but my actually, I think right. that gulf has, uh, used to be massive, mm. and it's no longer massive, really? right? I think, I think that every major institution now has major gift fundraising team yeah. here. Ten years ago, that was not the case, right? right. And, and, you know, now if you go on any job boards, everyone is looking for major gift fundraisers, yeah. right? So there's, and there's a lot of reasons why that, obviously austerity, there's a lot of factors as to why that's needed to happen. Uh-huh. But that gulf that existed, like that was so blatantly obvious 10 years ago is no longer obvious, right? Mm. Um, I mean, I'm happy to like get into Twitter fights with people when they argue with this <laughs> on this, but like, I really, I really feel that the, 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 you know, and major and major gifts fundraisers here are now just as good as I would say as anywhere else, right? But the difference was ten years ago, having like a being a loud American with major gift fundraising experience was an asset for sure. Yeah. I wasn't, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't telling people how to like fundraise from the government or from big lottery or from mass market. Cause actually yeah. people talk about philanthropic culture in the U S but actually 
when it comes to like mass participation, I think the philanthropic culture in oh, places yes. like the UK is infinitely more, more you know, things that come in relief yeah. and, 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 you know, there are parts that are like cultural in this yeah. country that didn't, I don't, I, I certainly, there was no equivalent to that in the US growing up. We had no equivalent is of there, comic is relief. Is there now? Yeah, there are, is are now. catching up on that? Yeah, but it's very, it's very much that model of like, you know, now there's comic they, relief USA and like there's, but like um, when American Idol, which was obviously kind of like X Factor, um, was at its height. They did like Idol Gives Back, and that was like the like mass participation things yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. I remember going over to BBCon uh, a couple of years ago. Went over to Baltimore to that, you know, the big Blackboard conference, and yeah. I remember like people wanting to speak to me about kind of the UK's yeah. approach to mass yeah. participation events, for yeah. example, to virtual events yeah. and all this stuff. Because yeah, yeah. it was kind of the opposite sides no, of the spectrum. Totally. Meeting, so like, right? I, I always have an issue when like either Americans or Brits will say one of the things that I was like, actually, yeah, historically, for a variety of reasons, the, the major gift philanthropic scene was, was more developed and more advanced to a degree. But the flip side is, was also true here. Mm-hmm. And now I think that they're both kind of equalizing. Um, and again, we can have those arguments on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I stand by that. And, but at the time, 10 years ago, it was an asset. And people were like, you know, we want to do more of And we, we either want to or have to do more of this. Government cutbacks, you know, et cetera. More competition for the same pool of funds from Big Lottery or, yeah. you know, the, the likes of, you know, Heritage and things like that. So people had to diversify. Hmm. And someone who was out there all the time and really meeting as many people as possible and, ma- and trying to make connections with as many people as possible hmm. kind of... And, knew, and who knew how to do it was an asset. So mm. I ended up, you know, getting one gig, which led to another, which led to another. Being and so IG guy. grew very, very organically. Mm. And at the beginning, I would say it was 80 to 90% fundraising. Mm. Um, and one of the other things is that we don't have a lot of direct competitors right. at IG, even to this day. Like, what we do is we have a ton of competitors in each vertical. Right. So there's tons of philanthropy advisors. Yeah. There's a lot of CSR consultants. Fundraising consultants are fucking dime a dozen. Yeah. Right? Like including us, by the way, yeah. right? But when you start, well, because we do all three uh-huh. and because we're not focused on any one cause area, it starts making us, giving us a little bit more of a USP. Um, and and so what, what's happened over the years now is that our philanthropy division is, is I mean, is, is huge, now, really? relatively speaking. And uh, our CSR division, I mean, we work with, you know, Facebook, we work with Primark, we work with Credit Suisse, we work with Adobe, like amazing, like a huge number of companies. Mm. Um, on the foundation side, we work with a whole range of private, high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals, uh, high profile individuals and families. People like the Gates Foundation is our biggest account. Mm. Um, on the And on the fundraising side, it's everyone from like the old Vic to the Oxfam, Save the Children's, UNICEFs of the world. It's a massive range so of organizations. It's a huge range. So, I mean... James and I reflecting before the conversation today about what our experience had been with, with major giving and, and philanthropy generally and obviously we mm. both work in so James from Sue Ryder mm. me previously from Alzheimer's Research UK yeah. you know kind of growing charities in the UK that have teams dedicated to it but I, I guess I'm interested in in why does why does a charitable organisation come come to you is it, is it, is it because of free coffee Free and free, banter, free free coffee, exactly. Um, but what's it? What, cost more, right? Yeah, you have to pay yeah, the yeah, extra. Banter costs. Banter costs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But like, what what is it? What is it that they? What problem are you solving for them? And like, are, are you? Is it the connections that Black Book again that you guys have that experience that thing to say? Well, look, we understand where all these philanthropists are looking at. What makes them tick? 
So you're hiring us to develop strategy. Okay. Now what we bring, and this is the reason why we launched a podcast called What Donors Want, yeah. is that we have a, a rich and deep understanding of what makes individuals, couples, right. families, family offices, foundations, corporates, government departments tick. Because we work with all of them, right? So we will work um, from a matchmaking perspective, we call it that. If we work with a philanthropist that says, hey, I want to do something in women and girls in sub-Saharan Africa yep. or an impact investment in central London, you know, then we can go out as a representative of the philanthropist or the foundation and seek partners. Yep. But we don't do it the other way. Right. Right. Okay. And, the, and to put it bluntly, if philanthropists thought that we were selling contacts, no one would hire us, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so the reality of it is that for, if a charity is hiring us, it is because they have a particular problem that they want solved, right? Mm. And that problem could be, hey, for the last three years, our major gifts, our major gift numbers have stagnated. Mm. Why? Mm. And is that a common? Is that a common one? Is, are there common things yeah, that you a, see across? So there's the a lot of there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, why have we stagnated? Why have we not seen the growth that we wanted? Maybe or maybe they've seen a dip, or maybe they have seen a little growth, but they're mm. like, we thought we could do 10x this year, but we or whatever, you know, or yeah. and we haven't. Or um, so there, a lot of the times it's why have we stagnated? A lot of the times it's like, hey we've never actually done a major gifts fundraising campaign before, right? right? How do we do that? Or we need to kickstart our, our major gifts program, which is still a, a problem. Um, we have, we developed, we ended up doing it so much that we developed a product called IGPS, which is a way of stress testing, stress testing your philanthropic relationship. So somebody will hire us and say, hey, we have a pool of 30 institutional donors. Yeah. They've been the same kind of donors on and off for years. Fundraisers have 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 like we have all this churn. How good are actually our relationships? Yeah. So we use so we so we've kind of we've developed this product called Agenda IGPS, which is all about stress testing, and we've done it for a bunch of ch- all charities, all of which wow. you would know, right? Yeah. So there are, I would say that for the most part, eighty to ninety percent of what we do, we've seen before, yeah. right? But I think part of our USP is the fact that we sit <coughs> on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. So what's on the on, from the other side? Mm. Are there key things that donors are looking for? I mean, going back to basics, like, are, are, there, are there three key things that charities should be focusing on if they're approaching um, major yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think one is, um, I, I, we did this for the, for the podcast, not that long ago, we did a recap, so we did season one, yeah. and then we did a recap episode of like, what are the common themes, um, and that was like a fun discussion between the team. Your um, Beyonce remain the same, right? Uh, my Beyonce has remained the same. Were I've been a consistent, in crazy in love yes. Beyonce <laughs> yeah. from the beginning. And this All is right. a bu- just a, just a second. I know saying. Kenneth hates it when I do this. There's like a se- there's BuzzFeed article. Which Beyonce are you? Yeah. And you answer a few questions. Yeah. Well, you have to do this, Kenneth. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to do this. You have to do this. I'm doing it now. Yeah, so yeah, I'm doing yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, one day in the office a few years ago, we all like like so I don't, you know we were having a discussion and so we all did this BuzzFeed quiz of which Beyonce are you and then I took the quiz again many years later and I am very proud to say that I am consistently, consistently crazy in love Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I need to. Well, I mean, you, need to take, you need to take <laughs> it. I, need to, yeah. I need to take the quiz and I also need to know more about uh, the different eras of Beyonce. Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's that's next conversation. Yeah. The next. The next okay. Conversation. So the follow up one. But yeah. Sorry, so I think, the, I think the one of the common themes that we keep seeing that we keep, we keep hearing. I mean, we've interviewed. So the, going back a step for a second, though, is because we have access and we work with all these yeah. amazing donors, we just thought, actually, we do have all this access and we work with all these kinds of people. Why don't we just interview them and see what happens? And this was Rachel's idea, mm. which I loved. And so Rachel and I kind of shepherded. 
Uh, and one hundred percent, though, it, it's this is like it's racial show. She's mm-hmm. the producer. She's the, she's the constant it's on really all of good, them. It's really good. Yeah. So we, you know, so in the first ten episodes, we interviewed the Rockefeller Foundation, the Hewlett Foundation, the Gates Foundation, Comic Relief, DLA Piper, a small family foundation on New Jersey that actually gives away twelve million dollars a year. Um, a couple of private individuals that are incredibly generous. So a, a massive, massive range. And one of the common themes was that, no, like honestly, honesty is key mm-hmm. to a relationship. Think of it as a partnership. You know, there is you are a solution to a particular problem that a donor wants to solve. And mm-hmm. so many charities and fundraisers don't think of themselves as that. The mm-hmm. donors have an agenda. They mm-hmm. want to move the needle on a particular social and or environmental issue, mm-hmm. and you are part of the solution. That's why. So they need you as much as you need them. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously there's a power dynamic. You know, no one is that stupid. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, you need to as fundraisers. You shouldn't be so. You should be proud of what you do and what your organization does, right? So I think. And I'm guessing that's confidence. something that. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I guess that's something you saw probably mostly in a, in a British major gift no, fundraiser. Like I think it's a power dynamic like, thing more than really? anything. And, uh, and, okay. and, and and yeah, because I, I get the sense of a major donor fundraiser is kind of maybe this is just my experience, kind mm-hmm. of a little bit, you know, holding themselves properly up and kind of went to a good school and kind of kind of tap into that old school network. And sometimes, yeah, you know, maybe that works in a certain situation. Yeah. And. Um, stereotyping massively there so yeah but sometimes it doesn't sometimes the most a great major gift fundraiser is just somebody that's either been a beneficiary themselves and yeah. can tell an amazing story yeah, of how yeah, an organization yeah. helped them or it's someone you know i think i think what i think what makes a good the, the mechanics of major gift fundraising spoiler alert like can be learned over a weekend Pretty it's not fucking rocket right, science yeah, you know what i mean yeah. it's just like like it's really easy yeah right but the x factor what makes a good fundraiser is Tenacity, it's a bit, it's, 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 it's kind of like alchemy, right? I always mm-hmm. say a major gift fundraising, good major gift fundraising is alchemy. There's a science to it. You can learn how many touch points before you can actually ask, mm-hmm. you know, or should you take them for dinner? You know, like how mm-hmm. many events should you be having? All of that shit is, is, mm-hmm. is a science. But there's this like weird alchemy of being able to establish relationships with people, mm-hmm. right? And always people give to people, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. Well, like people you and the, give the lady people. you went for lunch with, yeah. there, was, there was clearly a relationship there exactly. where she knew what was coming, you knew yeah. the deal, yeah. let's have a nice lunch. Exactly. Right. And I think that there's, there's like, you just have to be a little bit more honest, right? And always remember that people give to people. And this is why, I mean, I know many fundraisers that have established that where a donor only gives particularly in one cause area, but then they move to another charity in a completely different cause area, but they'll still support that, they'll support that charity because of their relationship they've developed with mm. that fundraiser, yeah. right? Mm. And so I think another key takeaway is that people give to people, you know, while being while being open to the realities of the of the power dynamic, you shouldn't you shouldn't you should try not to let it influence. You know, you should really be bold and appropriately bold, right? But be honest with your with with your donors. Uh, develop a rapport with them and ask them what they want. Which is that sounds kind of like like, like the, our last interview. We talked to Oxfam mm. um, about all this major gift in philanthropic philanthropic research that they research, just done, yeah, which yeah. is brilliant. You should listen let's listen to the podcast, but actually check out the research. It's invaluable stuff. They've basically spent years talking to their donors about why they give to them, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and the kind of donor motivations. But, you know, the other thing is that, like, it, it kind of, she talks about how, like, oh, they just, they just, let's just ask them. And I was like, such like a weird thing. And it's just like, yes, why don't we just ask them? And there was like a fear, you know? But so I think that you need to kind of op- like be honest that there is that, that power dynamic. Yeah. And just like go right up to it just and develop straight. a relationship. Yeah. You, ha- you, are a par- you are 
an asset. You are a solution to a problem that they want solved. And maybe mm -hmm. they don't even know that they want to solve it, but you can get them to want to, to want to solve it, right? Yeah. So I think that there is, like, those are the kinds of like themes. And another so one is, 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 sorry, I'm gonna cut no you problem. off. Hold on. And the other one is that they, almost every single donor I said is like, don't dress it up. Nobody wants to see like. If, if this is such a problem, why are you showing me just everything being rosy and perfect numbers and, like, perfect projects? No. Like, give the donor a full picture of what's happening, uh -huh. right? And, like, warts and all. Because, actually, the more honest you are, the better their relationship. The better their relationship, the more likely they are to support you. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. That's, it's, it's great stuff. We're getting yeah. some great snippets. Yeah. This is going to be... Uh going to be flying the out Twitter cards are going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really cool. Which quote oh, will you choose? No, as, as, you were, as you were talking there, I was trying to think of like where, you know, we've got a lot of people that listen to this that are probably relatively young in their career in yeah. fundraising, you know, <clears throat> maybe they see... Uh, they're 23, they've got eight degrees, <laughs> they can't get a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Maybe, yeah. They, maybe they see major gift fundraising as something for the future, maybe yeah. not sure how to get there. What, what, what would you say to someone maybe that's sitting there listening to this thinking, look, I'm 23, 24, whatever. I'd like to get into major kids fundraising. Maybe what can I be doing today? Like what kind of skills or mm. what kind of learning or what kind of things that I can be doing to develop myself that when I go for that next major giving job, I go in there with a bit of like, look, I've been doing this, this, this on the run up to this interview. And this is why I'm the person for the job. I think that there's got to be like tenacity is like the main thing that That's I would look for. Yeah. I, I think that we, we've done, we, we are not um, um, HR consultants or anything like that, but a lot of the times our clients, when they're hiring someone, will ask us to sit in on like the last round interview and they'll be like, hey, what do you think? Or um, um, Emily, who is one of our um, senior advisors at IG, who's absolutely like a rock star, fun, like a rock star fundraiser. She does a lot of these on behalf of our clients. And I think so. You, you kind of because at that point, you know, obviously, you to get you getting you need to get experience. Yeah. So you need to have a job that yeah. has some kind of fundraising component to it. And if it doesn't, try it. No one is stopping you from like looking to see what grants are available, whether you're a program officer or what, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. show interest and figure out what's out there, right? Mm -hmm. There's some. There's always a rock that's never that hasn't been uncovered by a particular organization, and there might be money underneath it. So I think showing tenacity and mm -hmm. showing the fact that like. If that's really what you want to do for your career, yeah. I think being proactive, but also in, in an interview, show that you know that you like people. I I, I I do think that that certain, and I'm sure people will say that I'm wrong or or um, people disagree, but I do think that a key component is you have to like people, mm. or at least you have to be able to fake really well that you <laughs> really like talking to people and that mm. you are interested in what somebody has to say and that somebody cares about an issue because that's most of the battle. The big, the big money crew at Sue Ryder are charming. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Well, if you bump into those guys yeah. in the kitchen, like you're yeah. going to get a free coffee, you're going to get tea <laughs> yeah. made for you, probably biscuits. Yeah. Those guys are on fire. Yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that like, you can't advertise for that. You can't be like three years of grant writing experience and be extremely charming when people run into you in the kitchen. You can't advertise. So you have to kind of look for that, right? And, and again, it's not – I'm sure that there, we can all point to several examples of people that don't necessarily fit that mold. Yeah, but yeah. I think that if you're 23 and you're really interested in advancing your career in, the in, the, in fundraising and major gifts, I'd say be tenacious. Mm. Go Build your network. Build mm. your network. And not just with donors, with other fundraisers, right? Because, you know, people, people will move their teams from organization to organization and – and, and so I think, I think that happens all the time. So I think networking, network, network, you can never yeah. network enough in this sector. And then that's true at any sector. Any, sector, any sector, in life in general yeah. probably, yeah. You can never network enough, no. right? People, 
give to people. People hire people that they know. You know, like we're about to hire another um, a new community manager for Social Mistress Media. And my first question is, I look at everybody in the team. He's like, "Hey, who do we know that would be awesome for this yeah, job?" Right? Course. Like, so that's the way it works. So I think mm-hmm. network, network, network. Mm-hmm. Go and go on as many copies as possible. Be proactive in trying to find opportunities. Right? Go out there. And and slowly but surely, you know, you will you will advance. You get there. Yeah. You get there. It's good advice. Good okay. advice. So talking and talking to lots of people. Yeah, your pod- to lots of people. Your podcast is reaching a, a huge number. Rachel yeah, is doing an incredible job. Really? Of that. Yeah, I don't know like all the metrics by heart, but they're impressive. Like Rachel is amazing, yeah. and it looks like we're gonna get the next season sponsored. Like, okay. yeah, 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 I can't say by who yet, but it's, um, yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and you're getting, you were saying j- um, just off air before we started about yeah. the, the, the countries that you're in. Yeah, it's like weird. Like, whoever listened to us in Kazakhstan, like, <laughs> like, thank you. Like, it's amazing, right? It's like, like Papua New Guinea. Like, yeah, big podcast. I, community. I mean, podcast, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify is huge there. I knew that we could get great guests. I knew that it was going to be very much. I think IG. We wanted. I think the team at IG, and this is true. This is good. This, I, I got this advice somebody by, from someone. They said to me, "Before you're up to twelve people, any company, make sure that people would pass the airport test. Anybody you hire needs to pass the airport test." And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, am I the, I, yeah, am I the no. only one right, that doesn't right, know what the airport ready? test oh, is? Let's just have okay. like dramatic silence for a second. There you go. <laughs> airport test. If you get stuck for eight hours at a, in a shitty small airport, the Geneva airport, uh, with this person, you could spend right. that time. Could you with, spend yeah. that time with them and enjoy it? It's kind of like what we were saying about with Roberta. We had on a couple of weeks ago. Who's now gone on to similar to self serial entrepreneur. And yeah. I, the first day I met her, it was literally the airport test. I, like I could spend. We eight spent hours like she was we fun. spent like eighteen hours yeah. together, and yeah. it was the first day. But you know, after that, yeah. we became good friends. It was like yeah. exactly. So test. I think that that, that, that first airport test. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I could hang out with anybody from the IG team, anyone from the social media team. Lightful is too big. Like I, I could. I don't even know. Like, yeah. They're too cool no, for you as well. They're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're too cool. They're way too cool. They're like, they're like, they all wear tight pants and yeah. like, like, you know, man buns and things. Uh, I, yeah. So what, what were we talking about? Um, we were on to uh, the, the podcast, Papua New Guinea. Oh, airport test. Ra- Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Okay. Rachel. So yeah. So the thing is, so we knew that we could get great guests. The, the, the podcast is always going to be infused with a lot of IG's personality. So, you know, we do this, like, fun speed round yeah, yeah, yeah. where we talk about which Beyonce, Beyonce are you, Christina, yeah. you know, yeah. do you choose, are, are you Christina or Britney? Mm. Kenneth? Britney. There is a wrong answer, by the way. I th- yeah. What I th- are you? I think I'm more Britney than yeah, Christina. I Britney, and I'm, but, I, yeah. I, but I'm mainly saying that because I know there's a wrong answer. Yeah, the oh, wrong you know answer, you've got to choose Britney. you got to choose Britney. Was it 2007 Britney? Yeah, I mean, I think this is that's a whole nother. That's a that's a very like deep discussion, right? Like, which Britney are you? Yeah. that's another. But I'm sure that's a Buzzfeed, of course. There's got to be one. It's got to be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so we infused. We wanted to infuse it with like our personality. So there's, it's like you know, we have music and we like um, and speed rounds. And actually, people really enjoy it, and we don't yeah. tell and we don't tell the guests what the speed round is going to be. And some of them really get into it, like which Hogwarts house are you going to, you know, house you going to be? Are you, you know, Beatles or Stones, or you know, like which if you were on a cover, if you were the front man or woman of a of a cover band, which cover band would you be? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. come on, that's a great question. It kind of reflects. It feels like it reflects a bit of your culture, right? Like what you yeah. have in your office. You kind of feel like you're listening to yeah. Rachel and the team, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just it could be recorded anywhere. And now like, that's really kind of you to say. Try to it's, it's, so we knew that we could infuse across. it 
with fun and energy. We knew we could get great guests. That doesn't fucking mean anybody's going to listen to it, right? So... I was extremely... Yeah, that's kind of where we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah we, we understand. energy and great guests, so yeah. no one's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to the two Your people in Kazakhstan listening to this, right? Yeah. To listen. Well, my mom will definitely listen to this, right. so at yeah. least there's that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you got it. There you go. go. Uh, and, and no, my wife won't listen to this. <laughs> She'll be like, ugh. Uh, you would like two other dudes like sitting there talking like well, I don't, I don't want to listen to this um so anyway to the to to our moms that will listen to this no but so i wasn't sure and so i was just so unbelievably like surprised when it took off were you nervous and i don't know that i you weren't you weren't like oh I, we're giving no, a, we're no, opening no, the no, doors. i wasn't nervous i wasn't nervous because it was just like <clears throat> if it didn't work out, we just stop doing well, it. Well, the beauty yeah. of it not taking off is no one knows. Yeah, exactly. No one's well, listened. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, we've had some yeah. challenges about about this, and and you know, you, 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 putting something out on a public forum, you can tell on certain people are like, you know, who's going to listen to this? And we're like, well, anybody can listen to this if it's yeah. out there. You know, once it's on Spotify, Hello, once it's in the open Papua internet, exactly. you know. <laughs> Chile, I'm here. Oh, Argentina. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, you know? It's out there. But then that kind of, and you know, and I think when we first started it, we were like, okay, do, do we need to kind of construct these personas of yeah. who we're trying to be? But in the end, like, I think probably most of the things that people pick I've up on. I've gone for 2007 Britney. Yeah. Well, That's exactly. I've gone for Crazy in Love you know, Beyonce. It's kind of the Who are you? It's <laughs> You know what? I'm not the biggest Beyonce you're fan. Can I go Jay-Z? I reckon you're like, your early noughties Jasper Carrot. <laughs> 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 just on the way, just on the way, he's tipped. Just, just on, on the way, Victor Meldrum. Hanging on. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't believe it. Um, authenticity. Yeah. So Do you know what like, I mean? This is what happens when you insult Beyonce. Well, that's She's it, like, exactly. She's like, <laughs> exactly. she, she knows what you said. Yeah, she exactly. knows. She but knows. it was about, you know, it, it, it being authentic. And I know authenticity is a word that's thrown yeah. around so much now. Yeah. But, you know, that's what come across from your podcast. Is yeah. It's like, these are guys that actually, if I was looking to work with a company around whatever it is, you know, I'd look to work. And so there's that, mo- that I'm sure you probably didn't think of it like this, but that brand awareness of what it's doing for you. I mean, it's we, another channel, isn't it? It's, it's another way it's of describing your it. brand. But, and but your it's been so successful for us that we've, you know, we do blogs and everybody has to write at least like one blog a month. Um, I mean, I don't do it, but like yeah. the whole team does it. Uh, they're infinitely more responsible than me. Um, <laughs> so they, everyone writes. We do events. We have a series of events in partnership with the hospital club. So we do one event, um, um, three events a year at the hospital club. When we like, we just did one a major gift surgery, and we have for like fifty or sixty people. Mm. But beyond those two things, the the major our major marketing channel now has become the podcast. But it was the 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 beauty of it all is that we never went. Obviously, yes, it was about brand awareness and marketing to a degree. But it wasn't like this is going to be our marketing channel. Like it was going to be like. We know a lot of fundraisers. Yeah. We have access to a lot of donors. Let's ask them what they think and what they want, and let's go for and see and like give it to our fundraising clients. It was literally thought of like as an asset mm. for our community, mm. clients, partners, prospective clients, and that was going to be good enough for us. And then all of a sudden, we Papua New Guinea, and you're like, like Kazakhstan, and you're you know, like, what? You know where you guys have got to go next? Mars. You've got to do live video. Live you've got video. to you've got to live stream it online, I I haven't you? You've got to get yeah. it, get Rachel. You know, yeah. give her give her some more budget. She exactly. needs more budget. Yeah, yeah. Rachel's she got did. some she big did. ideas. Well, we, we're going to get it sponsored. We're going to get it sponsored. She's oh, already had budget. A, she's already doubled her pay <laughs> yeah. after the success of this. Where do you see it going? Where's season two going to go for you? Oh, season two, we have it planned out already, man. I remember oh, incredibly type A. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we have the next ten episodes panned out. What we wanted to do was, uh, we will still do about half of it. Will be very traditional donors and kind of more of the same yeah but we're gonna do conversations with people who are slightly like 
different. So like a wealth advisor, yeah, a, like a, a wealth slash philanthropic advisor in a private bank coming up. We have a celebrity, like somebody that works exclusively for a major, major, major celebrity or doing all of his philanthropy. We have someone, royal philanthropy, like very like different nice. kinds yeah. of like... Um, interesting stuff. Yeah, like interesting mm, stuff. So yeah. we'll continue to do the same. Um, and we have some interesting... I can't wait to like... There's a couple of people that I can't say because I, I, like, I don't want to jinx it, but there's some cool okay. people that we're going after. And obviously the more famous the show becomes... Like people, like we get PR companies contacting us now. Can that we, was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first one, there was like, I like know, a PR right? company oh, being like, so yeah, weird when they <laughs> like do that. My yeah. in- inbox zero on the contact at Do More Good <laughs> yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah, it's easy true. to manage that one inbox zero. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but you guys know. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We're don't joking. be, don't no, be so modest. Don't be so joking. modest. Joking. No, but we had a PR like the first time a PR agency contacted us. Be like, I have a guest that does, and we were like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and it was brilliant. Like that was. Like One Papua New Guinea X Factor. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, it's interesting hearing I it from. I would say yes. <laughs> so yes to that interview. <laughs> oh my God. Please. Yeah. If you're listening now and you yeah, have yeah. won X Factor yeah. in Papua New Guinea, yeah. Yeah. get in touch. We yeah. get it yeah. in there. But yeah. I think it's like, it's interesting hearing that side of it, kind of where that, that came from. And then like looking at our journey. Yeah. To hear where we're just like kind of rolling with it. But you know what? The greatest thing that we get out of this is not only, yeah, great to share stuff and hopefully people find it useful, but it's meeting great people. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's what we, we enjoy. You sit down yeah. for an hour. I mean, we wouldn't have sit down for an hour and chatted to we, you and met you yeah. and heard your great story. Tick off your, one of your 20 lunches a, a week. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I think it's... You guys uh, don't count that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's been great. And actually, I mean, I'm just looking at time and I know you've got to get off and get yeah. kids and, and all that lot. So why don't we try and start wrapping it up? And we're going to go for our quick fire questions. Damn, okay. We didn't even talk about social mystery. We didn't talk about life. Can we, do, gonna, can we end on a cliffhanger and hey, do like, yeah. like, like part two, like the revenge? Like, in a, in a, in like <laughs> Part two we're going to do at the hospital club when you can take us there in a couple of weeks and we'll do it there. They don't let you in anymore, man. Oh, no, they probably don't. I'm probably banned. I, I, I saw your picture on the band wall. <laughs> They're like, do not let this man. Do not accept checks from this man. You know what? My, uh, my, <laughs> my membership had finished and I still had my card. And I went in there and I, I was like, oh, maybe I can. And I think I got in there once. And then like, yeah, then it was like, eh. no, I'm sorry. You're no longer at this company. It's yeah, been thrown out of a lot of you know, less cool places. Don't worry about yeah, it. It's, no, yeah, it is a cool place. So let's go. Quick fire questions. Right. One, if you could place an ad across Facebook, yeah. across the entire world. For one day, what does it say? Don't drink bad coffee. I think, uh, that's the first that? thing that comes to mind. I, I, were you looking for coffee. something like inspirational? No, no, no. Like, we like, we, like, we never good. give up. Look, or, like, look, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you could put never give up yeah, <laughs> in small yeah, letters yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. underneath yeah. the don't yeah. drink bad coffee. But there is a word limit, isn't there? So we probably need to... Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink bad but coffee does work for me. I wholeheartedly believe that like no one should drink bad coffee. There's, There's no too much good well, coffee. Well, you, uh, well, we're just wearing the corner, so you can tell me where's the best place to Monmouth. get coffee around. 100%. Borough Market? Is it the end of Market? Yeah, I walk up there. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. Yeah, Monmouth is the best coffee the the in the area. What is it? Interestingly, considering you've just had a then, piece so. of advice there, mm. what is the best bit of advice that you've ever had? Um, well, I, I think... Th- can I say two? Go on, then. Oh, we like you. Go on. Yeah. Okay, well, one is, I think kind of my grandfather and it was also echoed by Alicia by Alicia's dad when I was looking to start the first company and they were like literally what is the worst that could happen you start something it fails then you just get a fucking job like it was so like like duh and it was like oh okay yeah yeah and the other I have like a um 
uh, he's not really a mentor, but he kind of is kind of a mentor. Like like and and he once told me I was having issues with a particular with a particular person, and I was kind of really trying. I wanted the staff person to be something that they were not. And he said to me, totally blank, and he's very successful, sold the business, made a lot of money, he had a big team, he managed a lot of people, and he said to me, Carlos, people are themselves plus or minus 10%. And I was like, like, right? Now, I don't believe the 10% part. I think it's more like 20%. And well, it's not that's... necessarily that you can't teach a dog new tricks, an old dog new tricks. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that people are fundamentally themselves, right? And if you try to change who they are, like, they can only go so far, right? And it blew my mind. That's bl- I'm writing that down. Yeah. Like, that's such like a good, people yeah. are themselves plus or minus 10%. Yeah, 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 now, yeah. Now, I think I, I've said it and given him credit, but now I think it's more like 20%. Yeah, I wrote so down 20%. But, yeah. but, but it blew my mind. I was just like, like literally, like I had to go take a nap afterwards. Wow. Like I didn't have enough RAM to like process that. It was so fucking <laughs> I like that. brilliant. That's a good one. That's um, a good bit. That's and a and, good and, bit and when you apply it, you and uh, you can apply it, I think, in your personal relationships. Yeah, in yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, like... Like, people are who they are. And a lot of times, I see it in my kids. My kids were, I have seven-year-old twins. Mm. They were hardwired from birth with certain characteristics. Mm. Like, just, and that is who they, you know, that is who they will be. They will grow and they will evolve and they will be, you know, they will become more um, complete human beings. But certain elements of their personality, there's no way. Lola is going to be Lola and Theo is going to be Theo, plus or minus 10%. I like that. Amazing. Powerful. Powerful. Right. And the last one as a podcast that focuses around people doing more good. Yeah. What is the one story or inspiring individual that you've met, come across, heard about across your life? Besides been you fine gentlemen. Wow. And we end it there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's been doing more good. You know, I think I'm really lucky in that, all joking aside, in what we do... You come across amazing people. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And they do just, they blow my, like some people just blow my mind. And they are infinitely more self, you know, like selfless and just than I will ever be. But given that we were just talking about my kids, we just, my, my in-laws um, were in Rome and last week. And so we went to go meet them. So we spent like two or three nights in Rome with them. And my my son in particular both of them are but my son in particular is incredibly like emotionally affected by homelessness he's there seven and he gets really really like it like it like it like wounds him right wow. and he would he they were we were like in a particularly touristy area and there were several like just homeless people around mm-hmm. and 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 asking for money and change and my son asked his grandfather for a bunch of change so he and he went around and he gave it and it was like it you know like you become so jaded and you yeah, become yeah, so like yeah. you know all the, but but to see but it from his, like a for kid, seven years sort of like eyes, a seven year old they just right? don't understand they how don't understand, can yeah, someone yeah, and 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 he said to me he's like i really wish that when i grow up one of the things i want to do is make sure that everyone has enough money to have a house and it was like a like as a dad you're like yeah, I've done something. Right. Got it from yeah. me. I've done. So- Got yeah. it from me. Your you wife's know? going. No, definitely didn't get it <laughs> no. from you. Yeah, no, no but it, it was. It was. A, it was. A, it was. A, 
it was a particularly touching moment. Yeah, like yeah, something yeah, that yeah, you yeah. always remember. And you're yeah. like, all right, well, maybe I didn't fuck him up. Yeah, yeah. The other one, <laughs> but that one, this one, I didn't fuck up. Is that uh, Theo or is that, did that's you say? That's Theo. But Lola, Lola's also very much affected, but they, it was just, they're very alike in that way. Yeah. But, in, but at that particular, the moment I'm thinking about is Theo asking for change so he yeah. could give it to, you know, to, nice. and I was, it was just that, it was a particular, it was a moment to like, as a dad, to like be proud of. Pretty magic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that, magic. You can't, I think empathy is something that we, we could all be, we should all have more of. And I think seeing such a, um, like a pure form of it was very nice. Well, look, I'm crying here. Are we going to cry? Are we going to cry? Are we, like, <laughs> group hug, and we cry, <laughs> and, like, let's go back to Crazy Love Beyonce. Yeah, and, like, Crazy Love Beyonce, and right. And New Guinea X Factor. I think we're going to end it there and just say, Carlos, look, thank you so much no. for, for joining us. It, we, we really appreciate it, and, you know, you've come and just filled us with energy and enthusiasm yeah. and shared some absolute gems of um, your experience. Wish you lots of luck in the future, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll do it again the, sometime. I mean, apart from the number of quotes that I've now got to turn into <laughs> gifts. I know. For Twitter. Gifts or gifts? Gifts. Or gifts? Fully gifts. Are we doing um, gifts? Oh, we do oh, yeah, gifts. We do, Damn, all right. That's awesome. This is serious. We'll be getting some of these. Rachel will be impressed. Right, no doubt. Nothing like Rachel is way smarter and more capable than the two of you. Oh, my God, don't yeah, don't show her. No, no, I'm not going to show her. I'm not showing anybody. This is like, what is this? What are you doing? On that note, team GIF or team GIF? GIF. GIF. Thank Definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm, glad I'm, I'm glad we saved it to Good the because if that had well, gone we, wrong... I mean, there's also a wrong answer. It's Britney and it's GIF. Let's yeah. be honest. Let's, okay. p- let's be honest. Let's leave it there. Right. Thanks yeah. a lot. Carlos, thank you. James, thank you. What have you got on this week? What's, what's um, coming up? Oh, my God. What day are we on? I always today, is, today is it's your Thursday, but it's my Friday. It's your Friday. You're I'm off tomorrow. To, I'm going to Paris for lunch tomorrow. You are going to Paris for yes. lunch tomorrow. You told me about this earlier. Come it's on. Tell us the story. You're obviously like taking your wife, right? No, I'm going with the boys. With the boys. You're going with the boys we, to Paris we, for lunch. We go out for dinner every sort of six weeks, and, and, and just before Christmas, we said we've been talking about going to Paris for lunch for ages. And then we said Brexit's coming. Yeah, let's let's fucking do it on the 29th of March <laughs> because that is the day that Brexit. They've gone and ruined it. They've so ruined you're going our Brexit for a Brexit thing. lunch you're in going for Paris. Lunch, steak lunch in Paris. Where wow. are you going? Uh, we're going to something called uh, um, uh, what's it called? Mont-Mont. Robert and Louise. Oh, Robert okay. and Louise, a, 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 a local joint that's been recommended to us. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of done London. We've ticked up loads yeah. of the London places, oh. and this one's been you, really you, good. You two are far too cosmopolitan. Rome, so Paris. Go to yeah. Paris. I'll be, I'll be staying in Cambridge. I'll, well, I'll, I'll mainly be in customs trying to get back yeah, from yeah, Paris exactly. yeah. as they That's slam yeah. the door shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. Well, it just means you have to do it again and we'll again and again because, you know, everything will just going to be pushed back and back and back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll right. go again. All right, let's wrap it up there, guys. Thank you very much. Nice one. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers, So James just wrapped up another fantastic episode, if I don't say so myself. How did you find it? It's all right, wasn't it? <laughs> if anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth, at Do More Good Pod. Instagram, at Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have, but you can find all those videos on the website, domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk. You were good. You You were better. (laughs)